I don't know if you keep up with American football, but the Houston Texans, my local team, has started doing something that's out of the normal. They are drafting only players from Houston. That's right. All the new players will only come from their local zip codes. Also, in training camp, they're no longer grouping players by their role, their positions. Instead, they're going to have a coach assigned based on their age ranges. So players in their young 20s will be grouped together, late 20s and 30s, and they'll max them out with only 20 players per coach. Why are they doing this? I'm not sure. Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Math Faust Mashup. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Math Faust Mashup. I'm Matt Foster, your host, and I'm so thankful and deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me here today as we talk about innovation. I want to share three short riffs. Let's jump right into it. Season opener against the Giants. First down from the 31. And not much there at all. Ball is out. It's called down, it appears, at the 30-yard line. So isn't that a strange practice for a sports team or for any team who could pull from a range of talents? Isn't it strange for the Houston Texans to simply pull students, I mean players, from just a simple zip code, group them together based on their age? Of course, the Texans aren't doing this. Well, we might have a fighting chance if they don't. But I'm sure you made the connection already. We do this in schools. There are structures in place that limit your innovation, the box. So let's start there. Innovating inside the box. Boxes can hold you in. They can hold materials in. They provide as much structure and support for success as they do restraint from further creativity. And so innovating within the box is really about accepting the boundaries and using the boundaries to unleash creativity, what can be done within this arena. Limiting down into a box actually opens up the realm of unlimited creativity because we don't have to contemplate what's possible. We know the boundaries of what's possible. Now we can contemplate what's effectual. And to do that, we must rely on two simple tactics. One in the theme of football, half times, and the other, A-B testing. What do you do when you hit roadblocks? You have a plan, you have goals, you have a timeline of action steps, but you hit roadblocks. 
That's a troubling question because it implies you didn't plan for the roadblock. You didn't plan for the dip. See, you knew roadblocks would occur anytime you start an innovation or some change for improvement. So instead of responding to roadblocks, plan for them by planning a halftime and then planning quarters. Imagine a basketball game without halftime and without quarters. The plan break gives the losing team hope of regrouping. It gives the winning team a chance to level up the game just a bit more. What will you do with the halftimes and quarters you plan for? Reflect, review the issues, troubleshoot, support teams, encourage, celebrate, and continue the game. Roadblocks are not the end. When you plan for them, there's simply a chance for a major reset. So you plan your halftimes, your quarters, and that's not necessarily a grading period. It's the point at which you want to determine whether you're going to go or no go with your innovation. You'll probably include data in this halftime or reset. Data that shows whether or not you're on track. And it's at this point, data becomes guesswork because Frankly, there is an unlimited amount of data you could collect, an overwhelming amount of data that really has nothing to do that shows whether or not you're having an impact and an impact on learning. You might pull test scores, you might pull engagement rates, you might pull disciplinary records, you might pull attendance records. There's so many types of data and at best they lead to inferencing. However, if you're using A-B testing, it takes the guesswork out because an A-B test is specifically set up to measure one variable, possibly your innovation, maybe a classroom innovation, one variable and that variable's impact on learning. So whether or not you want to lead with guesswork or lead with facts. That's up to you. Maybe the Texans in their new arrangement for training camp will pull players height as the data to determine their effectiveness. However, you and I both know there is no relationship between their height and the effectiveness of their training camp. I'm pretty sure they're not going to lead by guesswork. So that's the first riff on innovation, half times, data and guesswork. Let's talk now about costly decisions. If we don't consider the cost up front, an innovation may simply turn into another pendulum swing. Today's episode is brought to you by Principal Tribe. Principal Tribe is the place where principals connect, connect to the latest trends in education, connect to each other, 
At Principal Tribe, we publish, create, and support principals to make better schools. To get started, visit principaltribe.org. Let's change up our analogies from sports to financial markets. The last two weeks have been somewhat of a roller coaster in the American stock markets. The tariff wars are escalating with China and the markets are quite volatile at this point. And so it's interesting that when most people are excited, well, that's the time to be afraid. Yet when most people are afraid, well, that's the time to be bold. The markets took a major dip over the last 10 days and people were afraid. Yet that's the time to step in, put your money up and buy at the discount. Now, when everybody's excited and everybody's buying and buying and buying, that's the time to approach with caution as the bubble approaches the bursting point. The same is true for innovation. There are costly decisions when it comes to innovation, the costs of experience, the costs of our previous investments, investments of time, of training, of reputation, of effort for the whole campus and teams involved in innovating and changing. But these costs are not good enough reasons to hold to inadequate practices. They're not good enough reasons to hold to a failing stock. Letting go and saying stop can be among the most hardest decisions when you invest so much in trying to make something a success but not saying stop that is the costliest of decisions opportunity cost is always greatest so one remedy to a costly decision in the stock markets is putting an order in to sell your stock every time it falls more than six percent you're guaranteed not to lose more than 6%. And then, of course, you sell your stock every time it rises 20%. In the net of things, you'll average around 14% growth. It's a no-brainer, but it takes discipline and good decision-making on the front end. The same thing is true on school innovations. If you are using A-B testing and you can see your growth, visible impact on learning, you will know the growth rates of your students, the growth rates for teachers, the growth rates for departments and teams, for instructional coaching. You will have this information at hand so you can say when to stop and cut the losses, and when to sell and celebrate the wins. But you must have it at hand. 
Without the information, it's guesswork. One strategy to cut the costs is the go, no-go date. Planning this date and letting it be transparent sets a temporary finish line, so to speak, for all involved with your innovation. It's a measurable point at which we get a breath of fresh air, at which we can anticipate a change. And anticipated change is always better received than unanticipated change. And finally, the innovation tension. Back to the original analogy. The Houston Texans, in our fictitious innovation they chose, created structures that really were not conducive to developing the team, developing the talent on their team. They were structures very similar to what we have in our school system today. This is the innovation tension. The place at which we set up systems and structures that they're not a box. They are a major barrier to what we could be doing. Would you describe your school as a factory? How about a hospital? Factories prescribe detailed methods for creating highly standardized products such as seat belts and airbags. Hospitals have operation rooms that follow strict regimens and procedures with high degrees of fidelity. In the case of factories, please standardize our safety equipment. In the case of operation rooms, please follow the procedures with fidelity. These settings do not want on-the-spot innovation. Does that describe your school? So we've talked about the box, innovating inside the box, using techniques such as halftimes, major resets, A-B testing, go-no-go dates, and the structures of standardization that can limit innovation, particularly on-the-spot innovations. We know creativity happens on the fringe, the fringe of the box, where we can push the boundaries, stretch the boundaries. It's that bridge between what is now reality and what we're envisioning into the future. I hope you're able to reframe the box in which you innovate and even more, are able to have a blank canvas upon which you can write the masterpiece that your students deserve. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Mafost Mashup. As always, I invite you to the daily blog at mafost.com, M-A-F-O-S-T.com. And I want to make a special invitation to you. There is a new community being built for principals and school leaders. If you're interested in connecting with other passionate, authentic, and innovative principals, 
I invite you to visit go.822tribe.com. That's go.822tribe.com. Now let's go out there and make an impact.